0: This is Growth Decoded to Go, a podcast from a show that helps you grow your business by figuring out the customer experience, one piece at a time. We do this to share our findings with you, wherever you are. Because this podcast is only the audio portion of the show, there might be some references to visuals, but don't fret, because we've included links to the video version of the show in the podcast description. All right, let's get into it. Hey, Internet. How's it going? Nice. Nice. Good to hear. Good to hear. I'm, I'm glad you're here. Thank you for stopping by today and welcome to another episode of Growth Decoded, the one and only show that helps you conquer the customer experience one topic at a time. I'm your host, Ernie Santorelli, and this little leafy creature right here, this is Plantasia. We're glad to have you with us today as we investigate the topic of lead generation. Now lead generation is the process of creating or building consumer interest for your product or service with the ultimate goal of turning that interest into a sale. Collecting new leads lets you educate and nurture potential customers through email marketing or your blog, your social media posts, your webinars, or any of your other content before you or your sales team contacts them directly to convert them into a customer. So basically you've got leads in in two different places, right, you've got new leads, those that are newly interested, leads that follow you on social media, or read your blog, or have signed up for your newsletter. These are the leads that you are qualified to market to or as they're commonly and quite literally referred to as marketing qualified leads or MQLs. Then you've got these other leads, right? These leads are further along in the process. Maybe they've attended a few of your events or they converted on a landing page for some downloadable or they signed up for a demo or to be contacted by a salesperson. These leads have taken actions that make them qualified for sales to contact and they're commonly called a sales qualified lead or an SQL. Now, MQLs and SQLs are a pretty basic dichotomy, and you can go further and further if you want to. You might have different levels of each type of lead. You might need something in between the two. Some businesses have a lot of different types of MQLs, and they depend on a nurture cycle. Some businesses don't have any at all. Customers just buy directly from them on their website or or in-store. So it's gonna depend on your business, your buying cycle, your offering, and any number of other factors. Now, as for creating or generating leads, well, there are countless ways to do that, and that's gonna depend on those factors I was just talking about, too. Now, in our investigations up to this point, we've uncovered two golden rules when it comes to improving the customer experience, and those rules are know your customer and manage your customer's expectations. Now, in order to manage your customer's expectations, you have to have a customer, and in order to have a customer, you have to have had to generate a lead. Now, knowing who your customers are what they care about, what problem that you solve for them, what they know about that problem, what questions they ask, the words they use to ask those questions, where they go to find answers, all that stuff. That's gonna make it way easier for you to generate leads. So here's the plan. We're gonna break this episode down into two parts. Part one, how should you approach the process of lead generation? Why is it so hard? How should you think about it? What do you need to get right before you get out there and start trying to find new customers? How do you find the right people and, and then what? And then part two, we'll go over some tried and true tactics for lead generation. We'll give you some ideas and point you in the direction of further information, should you want it. Now to help us out in this investigation, I sat down with a best-selling author, an internationally acclaimed speaker, a college educator, a prolific blogger, and a successful marketing and business consultant. The best part is they were all the same guy. Let's meet him. Okay. And today we are joined by Mark Schaefer. Mark is an internationally acclaimed keynote speaker. He's a college educator, host of the Marketing Companion podcast, and best-selling author of books such as The Content Code, The Tower of Twitter, Marketing Rebellion, and his most recent book, Cumulative Advantage. Mark, great to have you here. Welcome to Growth Decoded.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much, Ernie. Yeah,
0: absolutely. All right. Now that we've met Mark, let's get into it every business out there, from the enterprise to the corner store, they're all thinking about lead generation. They might not use the same words or look in the same places. They don't spend the same amount. They don't need the same amount of leads. But one thing's for sure. Without your customers, there's nothing. And without leads or prospective customers, there's no new customers. Now, seemingly every business is looking to improve their lead generation, to to find more leads or more qualified leads, or simply to figure out, lead generation in a way that's sustainable why is it so difficult so today's topic we're focusing on you know lead generation how you can grow your list how you can grow your audience and it seems to be something that's always on everybody's mind you know businesses big and small are always focused on it how to make it better how to improve it Um, but it seems to be something that they haven't quite figured out ever so is there anything in your mind that sticks out like what what makes this topic this big task so difficult
1: well, it, it is difficult. You know, first of all, it's always been difficult. I've been in business a long time, mostly in B2B, and, you know, it's, it's, it's always been hard. And I think it's even more difficult now because there's just not just so much business uh, competition, but competition for attention. It's really, really hard to cut through the clutter and and rise above the noise to be the signal. And that's really what I've devoted you know, a lot of my career to try to figure that out because it's getting more difficult every day. If you think about this, it's like this very moment right now, Ernie, is the moment that it will be the easiest to do marketing ever again, <laughs> because it's just the technology is moving faster. Mm-hmm. The Content competition is just escalating like it's a, you know, a tsunami. Uh, And that's all competing for attention. And so uh, it's, it's it's getting more and more difficult to cut through the clutter. And that's really what I've devoted a lot of my thinking, a lot of my writing, a lot of my teaching, and certainly all of my books to try to help people figure this out. How do we rise above this noise to become the signal?
0: So as we've heard, and probably, as you've seen, anytime you enter a search on Google or log into a social media site or open your email inbox or even drive down the highway, there's a lot of competition from a lot of businesses for a lot of products, services, and offerings out there. So how do you cut through it? How do you get your message across to the right people? How can you even begin to navigate all that noise and be sure that the time, the money, the effort that you put into lead generation is going to yield, well, anything? What do you have to get right? And when I think about it, and you can tell me if if I'm wrong here, it kind of breaks into two areas, right? There's like this preliminary strategizing, this planning kind of thing. You know, what channels are we going to target? Where do we want to grow the audience and the actual process of growing the audience? So Mm -hmm. if we're thinking about it from the standpoint of the the business, before they launch anything, before they publish anything, what are the most important things to to either consider or to get right before they, they start moving?
1: Yeah. Well, this is going to seem like a, a strange uh, suggestion, but it really works. And it's something that I use in all of my consulting out. When I work, I specialize in, in helping people with their marketing strategies. And so where I start with is sometimes I'll, I'll get the executives around a table and I'll have them get out a piece of paper and I'll say, how do you finish this sentence? Only we. Now, if they write down five different answers, we've got a problem. Mm. It shows they don't have a marketing strategy. They're not unified in even thinking about strategy. So if if you have the job in a company to do corporate communications or email marketing or social media or content, and the leaders of your company can't finish that sentence, you're being set up to fail because the company doesn't know what makes them distinctive.
0: Mm.
1: We don't know what to say. They don't know who to say it to. They don't know where to say it. So that's where it has to start. And it, it, once you spend the time, and it might take weeks, it might even take a couple of months to really distill this and figure it out, It's liberating. Because now you know what to say. You know why people love you. You know why you're distinctive. And it, it can't be something like, you know, we deliver great service. You know, my insurance company says that. My garbage collector says that. You know, everybody says that. That's right, not an right. only we. That's that's an everybody says that. So it's really important to, to to find that out. And where I go first to help companies figure that out is I go and talk to customers. I go if I can visit them, that's the best, just to see their operation, look at you know how are our competitors showing up, and I ask them why you know why do you buy from this company, why do you trust them, right? Why do right. you love them? And if you ask the right questions and you listen hard enough they'll give you the answer. They'll fill out the end of that sentence, only we.
0: What sets you apart? What is the end of that prompt, that only we? What do you do for your customers that your competition doesn't, or that makes it easy for them to do business with you? Once you have an answer to that, and note that your answer is gonna get better over time if you're constantly reevaluating and listening to what your customers are saying. You're going to get more and more sure of it, and your efforts will improve. Okay, so you've answered your only we. Now take a look at your customers. What do they have in common? Who are they? Where do they go online? And how can you be there too? Let's hear it from Mark. So, you know, kind of going along that, you know, once you know Mm -hmm. your customer, you know the problems that you solve, you answer the only we. Yeah. And you have to start, you know, you want to build that group of people. Mm -hmm. How can businesses who are struggling to figure out, you know, where their audiences or where those groups of people are? How can they pinpoint their audience? Is there any strategies that you employ for that?
1: Well, sure. You know, we live in an amazing time where gosh, 30 years ago, it was really difficult to find those people. Hmm. But today we live in a world where like-minded people assemble onto little islands on the internet, right? So if you love Uh, sport fishing if you love racquetball if you love hats if you love birds there are there are lots of dedicated groups you know Mm -hmm. on the internet and I think the idea today is it's becoming increasingly difficult to to drag people to your site I mean it You know, that was sort of a strategy 10 years ago, maybe even five years ago, but I think there's so much competition today that the marketing mindset really has to be, how do we go to these islands and become befriended on this island? How can we be so nice, so helpful Uh, so polite. We don't want to interrupt people. We don't want to be salesy. How do we get invited to these islands and maybe even become the mayor of the island? Because we're so helpful. You know, a very real example, I was working with a big tech company and they had built their website customer community. And oh my gosh, they put so much effort into this. They put so much time into this. But it wasn't organic to the, a person's experience mm. every day. You know, if, if if people are hanging out on the web, they might go to Twitter, they might go to LinkedIn, they might go to a Reddit thread, uh, they might go to a professional group. Uh, maybe they love a Twitter chat or whatever, right? But I don't think it's effective or efficient today to spend all our marketing dollars dragging people to a place where they already have a home. Mm. I think it's more efficient and more effective to find those homes and show up there. So so that's what happened in this this big tech company. Uh, They just couldn't get anybody to visit this site. It was a great site. They had lots of information, lots of helpful stuff but it wasn't organic to their everyday experience. And so what they did is they found a LinkedIn group where everybody already was, all Mm. their customers were already there. So the vice president just started helping people, just started publishing helpful content, asking questions. 18 months later, she was asked to be an administrator for the group. Literally, she was asked to be the mayor of the island. And that's, I mean, that's a different sort of mindset. But we, we, I think that's a, a good way to think about the internet
0: today. Archipelago. That's a fun word, archipelago. It's a geography term. And it means a chain or a group of islands, like Indonesia, or Hawaii, or the Maldives, or, as Mark just told us, the internet. Whatever you sell. Whatever you specialize in, there's an island out there in cyberspace populated by people who are interested in the same thing. The key is locating the island. Is it a Facebook group? Is it a subreddit or a forum or a LinkedIn hashtag or a YouTube community? Maybe it's a few of those things. Maybe it's none. Maybe it's something totally different. The good news is it's findable. And it's even more findable when you ask your customers or people that look like your customers where and what the island is. Now, once you find the island, well, that presents a whole new set of questions and problems that you're going to have to answer and solve, because maybe there's a few islands. What then? With so many different communities, you know, ways to get in front of people, to grab attention, to get your questions answered. How, where do you, if you're a business, how do you start to navigate that? Like, how do you begin to pinpoint, you know, this is what we want to invest in, are these three or four or five different things? Where, where, do, where do you start?
1: Well, I think the goal would be you want to be a nonconformist. And what I mean by that is that marketers tend to flock to whatever's popular until they ruin it, right? So... You know, you go to a big conference and they say, this is, this is the year of Snapchat and Snapchat's going to be the next Facebook and everybody leaves a conference and they're all doing the same thing on YouTube or Snapchat or TikTok or whatever it is, right? That's not marketing. That's just following the crowd. Great marketing is being a non-conformist, not a conformist. So the most important word in marketing is maneuver. A lot of people think marketing strategy is so complicated because we have so many channels and so many options, but it's really not. Because chances are, our cards have already been dealt to us. Are we the market leader? Are we number two? Are we disruptor? Based on where we are in the marketplace, that's going to help determine the marketing strategy. Do we have a strong customer base who wants to buy more? Are we starting from scratch where we need to educate? That's gonna determine part of the strategy, right? So there's only like three or four decisions you need to make because your cards are kind of dealt for you. Mm. And then you've gotta say, okay, here's the landscape. Here's where we fit. Here's where our competitors are. So we can't really do that all over again. Here's where our customers are. Here's how there might be unmet or underserved needs. Hopefully there are those. That's why your business should exist to serve these unmet or underserved needs. Uh, And then figure out, okay, how do we maneuver? How do we fit in this ecosystem? Is there a place? Is there a voice? Is there a channel that we can own and connect to our customers in an interesting and unique way? And I mean, there's, there's limitless opportunities to do that. It's just only limited really by your imagination. And unfortunately, you know, so many marketers today, they just, you know, want to catch the latest buzz and do what everybody else is doing. And that's really, it's lazy and it's and it's not going to work. The the world is just too crowded and too noisy to uh,
0: to just copy everybody else. Your leads could be anywhere and you could have a presence in a bunch of different places. I mean, there's like 12 different social media sites alone. You might have a following or an audience in a bunch of disparate places. And some of them might be customers. Some of them might just think that you're cool or interesting or putting out helpful and valuable information. What then? Do all of these audience members on different places, do they all count as leads? Should you combine these audiences? Should you work to transition them to a place like your email list where you can market or sell to them directly? Well, this is where it can get tricky. I,
1: I think it's a bit of a combination, right? I mean, there, I think there's a group of customers who probably love you and they're loyal to you. They don't need to be convinced, and so what you need to do is to treat them in such a special way that they spread the word, right? Um, you know, one of the uh, facts that I pointed out in the Marketing Rebellion book that I wrote is that two thirds. Of our marketing is occurring without us. This isn't just my opinion. This is backed up by years and years and years of research by big big companies. And I think that's just the tip of the iceberg. I think as the younger generation becomes the big um, buyers in our economy, that they're you know they're they don't, they don't trust businesses, they don't trust marketing, they don't trust advertising. They trust each other. Right. They trust their content, their reviews, their discussions, their friends, their families, influencers. So that two thirds, you know, by 2030, that might be 90% of our marketing is occurring without us, right? So part of this is, look, we have a certain group of customers who love us. Let's reward them. Let's nurture them. But also, how can we incent them to help us join that two thirds. How can we earn our way into that narrative? Could we do something so memorable, so special that people talk about us, that we've earned our way into those conversations? You know, it's, a, it's another big priority for, for marketing today. So I think really it's, it's a combination of both. You know, one is nurture people they, they, the, the way they want to be nurtured, you know, other people, they're going to want to engage with you in, in in new and innovative ways. And that's a great way
0: to earn your way into the conversations. So Mark touched on something there that's critical to understand when it comes to lead generation. Two thirds of your marketing is occurring without you. Where? How? Who's doing it? Your current customers or those people who are engaging with you. People talk. It's what we do. We tell each other what we like. We tell each other what we don't like. We tweet about it, text about it, talk about it, leave reviews, write blogs, post pictures, and call up our cousins or our friends or our cousin's friends to tell them about it. And then what happens? Well, if the conversation is good for you because you made a solid impression or created a good customer experience, well, congratulations because you're getting a bunch of free marketing done for you. And not only is it free, but it's effective because people trust other people. They trust reviews from strangers as much as personal recommendations, and they trust personal recommendations a lot. Now, you want to generate more leads? Your customer experience is a great place to start. But on the other hand, that conversation might not be good, which means the opposite of all the good stuff that we just talked about. It's all tied together. Your current customers can be a big source of new leads for you. But there are countless places to generate leads. There are countless methods, strategies, content hubs, and as Mark put it, islands to investigate or cultivate. So which one's right for you? How do you pick? Should you invest in just one or two or three? Should you put it all out there on every island?
1: Uh, the, The answer to every question in marketing is this. Every single question, the answer is this. It depends. There's no, there's no cookie cutter answer for anything. There really, really isn't. I mean, even down to, you know, your local car wash or pizza parlor. I mean, there's no, uh, there's just no cookie cutter answer. So, mm. uh, I mean, uh, for me, you know, I have an archive for my content uh, on my website. If you want to find my podcast, if you want to find, my books, if you want to find my blog, it's all there. Right. But I'm also about, you know, spreading it where the, the customers want to see it. Now, I, I don't completely have an explanation for this, but I would say, you know, I, I, I'll post uh, something on my website and then I'll post it on LinkedIn and I will get 10 times more engagement on LinkedIn than on my blog. Hmm. And this is a blog I've been building for, you know, 13 or 14 years now. So why wouldn't I do that? Why wouldn't I establish a very effective presence, a consistent presence on LinkedIn? I mean, this is the same material I'm posting on my land, right? On my website. But look, guess what? People seem to like it better on LinkedIn, you know, I, you know, I'm getting 15,000, 16,000 views and 60 comments or 70 comments on LinkedIn. Uh, it's, 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 I'm getting a lot more traction than I'm getting on my own blog. So why wouldn't I build on, you know, quote unquote, using air quotes here, rented land. It, it, go where the people want it. Right. Those are
0: my islands, right? So it depends on a whole host of things, your offering, how much it costs, where your audience is, how much they know, the size of the problem, the efficiency of your solution, the expectations of the lead source, and on and on. But most of all, it depends on your customers. Rule number one, know your customer. Now let's go through a few lead generation tactics that are proven, common, and easy to set up. But before we do that, it's important to note here that if you're gonna start generating leads, they have to have somewhere to go. A sales process, or an outreach sequence that you've created, or maybe an email automation sequence that nurtures these new leads and moves them towards an eventual purchasing decision. Maybe it's a follow-up cadence. Maybe it's all of the above, and you use a CRM to keep track of all your leads and touch points. Note that we covered sales CRM back in season one, so if you're curious and wanna learn more about that, you can check that episode out. Now, the point is, your leads won't hang around forever once you've generated them. The conversation has to continue. There should be a, a next step, or a series of next steps. Leads have a lifespan, and every single one of them is different. So if you don't have any next steps planned, you could end up wasting a lot of time, a lot of effort, and a lot of money generating leads on a conversion path to nowhere. Not to mention the fact that stranding a lead is not a very good customer experience. Okay, now on to the first tactic the Facebook ad. Facebook ads are a common email collection tool for small businesses. Why? Well, they're relatively inexpensive, you can see the results fast, and you can get a lot of data about the ad's performance from Facebook. You can reliably reach people who are ready to buy from you. Because the biggest challenge for a lot of small businesses is reaching people. When you don't have a lot of money to spend and you need to generate sales quickly, there aren't a whole lot of advertising options out there. Facebook has a lot of people on it. Billions with a B. And a lot of those people have told Facebook a lot of information about themselves, which makes Facebook ads a fast, simple, and effective way to target people who might be interested in your product. It's a common way to get leads and collect email addresses. So here's the step-by-step. One, create a piece of valuable content that solves a problem for your target audience. Two, use a Facebook ad to send people to a landing page where they give you their email address. Three, send new subscribers their content with an email template, maybe, um, along with a welcome series that tries to sell them your product or service. Four, for some products, you can send people directly to your store. And this is especially common if you're an e-commerce business or you just have an online storefront. Now, there are a few different types of Facebook ads. There are different types of audiences. There are limitless ways to customize your ad campaign on that platform. Oh, and in season one, we investigated Facebook custom audiences where we sat down and learned from Amanda Robinson, a Facebook ads expert, and successful business owner Melissa Love, who increased the size of her subscriber list 50 times in two years using Facebook ads. Check that out for more info on Facebook custom audiences. Okay, lead generation tactic number two the landing page. A landing page is a standalone web page created about a specific topic. The goal of a landing page is to convert visitors into leads by funneling traffic towards a specific call to action. Landing pages get their name because traffic comes to them from other online destinations, like Facebook ads, and the visitor lands on this page. Now with a landing page, you can add subscribers to an email newsletter, you can promote your online course, you could sell a physical product, give out a discount code or a coupon, boost attendance for a webinar, encourage a free trial, give away a consultation or demo. I ran out of fingers there. And all of these things involve a landing page visitor entering their information on a form, pressing the submit button, and ending up as a lead in your contact list. What kind of lead? Well, that depends on the thing that they're pressing submit to get. And to quote Mark, it depends. Now, the landing page is the thing that separates your future lead from an offer. You might have heard this called a few things before. Maybe it's a lead magnet or gated content, a carrot, a freebie, an opt-in offer. So here's the deal. The internet is crowded, it's loud, it's noisy, it's full of complete guides, must have one pagers, white papers, interviews, courses and on and on and on. Now if you want your offer to stand out and you want your landing page to generate leads, there are some things that it needs to do. One, it needs to solve a problem. Not the most important problem, just a heavy and emotional problem a problem that your customers have. Now, if you know your customers, then you know exactly what problems they have. So ask yourself, what's the gas? What are your customers trying to grow, avoid, or solve? Thanks to Scott Frothingham from our Email Subject Lines episode in season one for that one. Two, it solves that problem fast. So choose a problem with a short-term solution, even if it's not what people need long-term, or maybe just a path to a solution that they can get there fast. Three, it solves that problem relatably. Right, People need to see themselves in the problem that you're solving. Use the words that they use to talk about the problem. And talk right to them, use the word you. Landing pages are an exercise in copywriting, in conversion rate optimization, in design and in psychology. They can be an extremely effective way to generate leads for you. If you wanna know more about them, you can check out the season one investigation of landing pages where we sat down with copywriting extraordinaire, Joel Klecki for an in-depth discussion about how you can set up and write your landing page. Lead generation topic number three, reach out to contacts one, two, one. Before you go down the rabbit hole of paid marketing, what about the people you know? The people in your network, the people on the island? It's easier to reach people who already know you. So when you're first starting out, don't be afraid to reach out to people one-on-one. You know, maybe it's someone you've connected with from a previous job. Maybe it's somebody that you've cultivated a relationship with from a LinkedIn group or one of the other islands in the internet archipelago. You can reach out via email or some kind of messenger, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter DMs, text message. Include a link to your signup form or your landing page. Collect email addresses one at a time until you reach a critical mass and then you can move on to bigger tactics. Lead generation tactic number four, ask people to share your emails. Your content, the good news about your business. Remember what Mark said? Two thirds of your marketing isn't occurring with you. So why not lean into that? Why not ask for it to happen? Look, if you're creating stuff that's good, creating stuff that people like, you've earned the right to say things like, if you've been enjoying this content, I'd really appreciate it if you could forward this email on to someone that you think it might help. You know, while we're on the topic, if you're enjoying Growth Decoded, I would really appreciate it if you could forward it on to someone who you think it might help. Now, Mark had talked about building on rented land previously or cyber real estate that you don't technically own, like your website or your email list, but does this rented land also include the people who are talking about you?
1: I mean, I mean, for years, a lot of the top marketing consultants have used this phrase to say, look, You need to have all your content on your website. You need to be dragging people to your website because if you don't, you don't own the audience, right? right? Right. We need their email address. We need them in our form because if we don't have it there, we don't know who they are. Now, that is a very, it's an antiquated way of thinking because marketing used to be about control and about manipulation. And today I think companies need to respect customers. They need to say, look, you have the accumulated knowledge of the human race in the palm of your hand. You can make really good decisions and we're gonna provide you all this content anywhere you want it because Maybe something here will interest you. Maybe this will help us join that two-thirds, right? If you've got your content behind a paywall and, and you've got to give someone your email address and your, and your phone number to even get the content, 95% of the people are going to go away before they even see it. So we need to, you know, the, the economic value of content that's not seen and shared is zero. Right. So unleash it, put it everywhere because that's the only way you're gonna earn your way into that two thirds. And you're, it's the only way you're gonna earn your way. I mean, the, the numbers don't support it. The research doesn't support it. You know, we need to be putting our content everywhere. We, we're just, you know, rolling old tapes.
0: Uh, it, it's frustrating to me. There you have it. Build trust with your content build trust with your customers, build an audience through that trust, and make sure that you work on it with consistency. Consistent, quality content that answers questions, solves problems, and adds value to your audience will ultimately become an engine for lead generation through thought leadership. You know, that all reminds me of something, which is our investigation of thought leadership that happened just a few weeks ago. So if you're curious on how that happens and you want to hear it from the thought leaders themselves, you can check that episode out. All right. Lead generation tactic number five. Partner with people in your industry. This one's always good. It doesn't matter if you're a small business of one or a global company of 10,000. Partnerships are great because they let you get access to a relevant audience. And with access and a trusted recommendation, you get a fresh source of email subscribers. It's not an ad that's displayed to one person at a time or an email that reaches one new contact at a time, but it's an opportunity to get in front of a group of people who are new to you. Not only that, but it's an opportunity for you to demonstrate value to your audience as well by giving them a chance to discover someone new as well. Partnerships bring together new perspectives, new ideas, and new people. If someone already subscribes to content similar to yours, they'll probably be interested in your content. Plus, word of mouth is powerful. If someone you trust recommends content, you're more likely to actually check it out. A partnership could be any number of things, right? It could be contributing to a blog post or co-hosting a webinar, appearing on a podcast, contributing a quote to a piece of research, having someone in store for an event or literally anything else that you can think of. It's just appearing alongside someone else in your industry. It's building a scene and eventually it's generating leads. Now let's turn to Mark for one more piece of advice. What should you do if you're just getting started? Now, if we're thinking about businesses that might be just kind of starting out, um, or they're they're kind of you know strapped for time and and money and resources to devote you know whole strategies towards towards content and audience creation, are there things that they can do that might go a little bit further? Are there certain you know activities or strategies that they could employ that might be a little bit more effective?
1: Well, this is going to really surprise you, but the answer is, it depends. <laughs> Uh, you know, again, I mean, there's just, there's no cookie cutter answer.
0: Now, as we come to a close here, it's important to remember that the most important thing that you can do is really get to know your customers because Mark is right. It depends. It depends on what type of business you have. It depends on your customer. Who are they? Why do they do business with you? What do you give them that others don't? What are the problems that they have that you solve and how do they talk about those problems? Where do they go for answers? Where are the islands? Then you can finish that statement, the only we. The combination of your only we and your deep understanding of your customers is going to inform you of where your potential customers are and what they're looking for. When you nail that down, you'll have a much clearer idea of what to do next and how to do it in a way that generates new leads. And that's our show. Thank you for your time today. This has been Growth Decoded. Thank you so much to Mark Schaefer for sitting down with us and sharing his knowledge on lead generation. I'm Ernie. This is Plantasia. Until next time, go forth and automate. Thanks for listening to Growth Decoded to Go. For the latest updates on Growth Decoded and links to the live show, you can sign up to be a part of the Grow team at ActiveCampaign.com slash events slash growth hyphen decoded.